we become disconnected from nature, our diets processed. There's so much information. We're not sleeping as much as we should, you know, artificial light. There's all these things. It's like a perfect storm that's happened and it's happened gradually over time that now we're all running around extremely, you know, stressed out and, yeah. and have a lot of anxiety and we're gobbling up all this stuff. We're gobbling sugar, prescription drugs, alcohol, everything we can get our hands on to try to tamp that down. And that to me is the biggest problem that society's facing right now. In today's busy world, how can we find the inspiration, knowledge, and energy to live a healthy and empowered life? If we balance and harmonize our mind, exercise our body, live according to the laws of nature, and connect to spirit, can we find a way to heal, become our authentic self, and live our purpose with love? I am your hostess, Amy Fournier, and welcome back to Awakening Aphrodite. Welcome back to the show, everybody. You know I've been into holistic health and wellness for the majority of my life, over half my life. Crazy thought, isn't that? But yes, and that food and natural way of living is a very, very important part of that. And turning to Mother Nature and, and nature in general for answers and solutions is always where we want to start. And that's why I'm so thrilled to finally, after three years of meeting the guest on the show today and becoming a fan of his products, Botanic Tonics and Feel Free product in particular, which is a plant-based herbal supplement, which is known to give you euphoric feelings. Not everybody, but some people. And uh, it's an interesting story. My guest today, J.W. Ross, is, uh, wow, well, he's the founder and CEO of Botanic Tonics, and he is basically the inventor of this amazing plant-based formula. But he's had a very interesting life, more than just this product that I want to share with you that's wonderful, because, you know, I only share stuff that I use myself and that works for me. And I'm incentivized enough to share it with you. And I'm usually able to get you discount coupon codes, by the way. And if you use the links on my website store and purchase these things, you can not only save some money, but sometimes I get a small commission for taking the time and expense to share it with you. So FYI, if you want to support me, please use the links on my website because they help support the show and pay these bills. Anyway, so JW is, uh, wow, he basically was a Texas oil man, a uh, multimillionaire. He had immense corporate success, immense financial success. I mean, more than, you know, TV stuff like planes and mansions and the whole deal. And, uh, but the thing is, he had a problem with alcohol addiction. And as he tells us on the show, he not only worked hard, but he played hard. And uh, he basically hit bottom. He went to rehab. Thank goodness it worked. Uh, but he totally pivoted his career. And like we always say, pain can be your purpose, right? It can reveal to you your true dharma, your true life's destiny. So and, and we talk about that on the show, by the way. He talks about how adversity is his biggest teacher, like all of ours. It's a tough pill to swallow. I get it. Sure doesn't feel good going down, but that's the medicine that our soul often wants us to ingest. So he totally pivoted his career. 
and he went on life-changing trips to the South Pacific and Southeast Asia, and he basically discovered botanical plant medicines and how the ingredients of these medicines, these, these, these beautiful natural products from Mother Earth, have been used socially and in wellness for centuries. So all of these indigenous cultures have been using them because they know of their medicinal qualities. And basically, after J.W. discovered these plants, he dedicated his life to coming up with a formula, an herbal solution that would replace alcohol and that feeling that it gave him and that euphoric lift, but without all the negative side effects and all the consequences. So he went through rigorous testing on himself and his home concocted lab, and he thinks he found the perfect recipe in his feel-free formula. And many people, thousands and thousands of people agree. In fact, he now actually shared with us that he now does over $2 million in sales a month with this stuff because it, it works for a lot of people. So it does come with a caveat, of course, because anything that makes you feel good has the potential to be addictive. You want to be very careful with things like this, like sugar and caffeine and, you know, any kind of drugs, alcohol that make you feel good. You really have to be mindful and responsible, moderate the dose, tune into how you're feeling. And we talk about that. We talk about the, 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 um, the risk of addiction and we talk about how negative consequences but being compelled compelled to use something in spite of those negative consequences uh, are often a sign of addiction but what's really interesting is beyond just this wonderful product we get into his story because like so many people when their life pivoted totally based on something that really was a, a negative catalyst to make them change their careers. I love talking to people like that because I find it really inspiring, don't you? Like, okay, I thought this was supposed to be my life and it's just not working. Like I, I have a health condition or I'm just miserable and I'm depressed or I'm, I'm self-medicating and numbing myself out because I don't know what to do because I'm not happy. Okay, these are all signs that your soul is trying to tell you. You need to pivot your path. So I love talking to people who are on the other side of it. And JW is definitely on the other side of it. And we get into something really interesting and, of course, personal like I usually do. And JW and I divulge what it's like being socially awkward. D do you feel that way? Do you ever feel kind of uncomfortable in a social situation? We talk about how both he and I share that. And then we pivot a little bit and we talk about what's going on with the FDA, the Food and Drug Administration. I love talking about that stuff on the show, too, because all this stuff is going on behind the scenes while we're out there bus busy living our lives and doing what we got to do every day. But all this stuff is going on in legislature and in corporate America and governments that we are not aware of that are not only impacting us in our lives, but our children, the the. Um, not only the economy, but the ecology, all of nature in the world. We need to be aware of this stuff so we can speak up. And, and JW shares with us what's going on with the FDA and how that's affecting what's going on with our ability. Now, listen to this, to, with our ability to get natural, quote unquote, food and supplements that the FDA and governmental officials and all these big corporate companies are trying to crack down and prevent us from being able to get herbs, tea, 
like any kind of food that's considered a natural drug or supplement. And, and don't be mistaken, food is a drug. It has effects on your physiology just as strongly as any kind of prescription drug would. So and that's why we prescribe exercise and light and food and sleep. These all have drug-like effects on our bodies. But these big corporations are trying to come in and tell us we can't, we can't buy these things. We can't get these things. They should be not available. So why? Because the competition to them selling their synthetic crap that, that is not natural to our body. We talk about that. And lastly, I asked JW what's going on with someone who says that they were not happy when they were very rich and had money. And what would you say to the person that doesn't have any money and says, easy for you to say, I know I'd be a lot happier if I had more money. Okay, so I just put him right on the spot and I ask him that question because I know a lot of you are probably thinking that, right? Like, I'd like to have that problem. And he gives a beautiful heart-centered answer. If you'd like some more information on finances and money and getting into your financial bliss and really helping to support yourself, you might want to check out episode 158 with Josh Trent where we talk about financial bliss and how that's an important component of your health. And episode 107 with Jason Picard, his first appearance on the show, because he was another one, just like JW, who had just astronomical financial success, pinnacle of his career, just like JW, but was a mess. His, his health was a mess, his life was a mess, and he had to totally pivot into what he's doing now. And then we actually just had him back on the show sharing how he's on the other end of it and what how he's totally changed his life. Very, very inspiring. But I'll add, too, you got to dial in the money thing, you guys. If you can't support yourself financially, that not only is that a, a colossal source of stress, which will ruin your health, but it's also will not enable you to, to have the lifestyle that you need to be in your feminine. You want more on that? Make sure you subscribe because you're going to want to hear an amazing episode I have coming up with Annie Mahler. So anyway, I can't wait for you to hear this episode with J.W. Ross. The last thing I'll share is that if you want to try these products, if you want to feel free, then you please go over to my website, amyfournier.com. Go to the recommended products under the e-store. Scroll down to, to Botanical Tonics. Feel free. There's a couple different things they have there. You can use that link, enter my coupon code, and uh, FitAmyTV for the capsules or FitAmyTV40 for the tonic, and you can save 40%. Check it out, and I'd love to know what you think. All right, let's now join J.W. Ross. J.W., it is so great to finally have you on my podcast. I've known you, I can't even believe it, for a couple years now when we met out at Paul Check's place a while ago, got years ago, right? And right from then, I think it was right when my show started and I was like nervous. I was like, oh God, I'm not ready to have someone like you on my show yet. And you were very gracious, like anytime and anytime I can help. And your uh, your company was kind of new and blossoming and... uh, Wow. And finally, we made it happen. So welcome to the show. Well, thanks for having me. Super excited. Where are you located right now? I am in Brentwood, California. Okay, awesome. All right, tell us, even though I apologize to the audience ahead of time, most people are listening, not watching. If you want to watch, it's on Awakening Aphrodite podcast on YouTube. But JW, you got a very interesting picture behind you on the wall. Can you explain to me what that is? 
That is, uh, I can't remember the name of the artist, but uh, he's from, uh, he's Eastern European and it's, uh, all of his paintings are about uh, Big Brother or Big Government. Uh, so they're, they're kind of dark, but uh, it's a reminder of me of, you know, what can happen if we don't, uh, we don't speak up. So like the 1984 thing. Exactly. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So, wow. Okay. Well, you know what? Why don't we start with just a quick synopsis of your story because uh, you already have such an interesting, unique life. Then uh, it's a big reason why I want to share you with my audience to get your perspective. So share with us, please, just a brief synopsis of who, who J.W. Ross is. So I started out uh, in the oil and gas business in, in uh, the early 80s, 1981, 82. Uh, did not go to college, went straight into the oil fields. Um, had very quick success. Uh, within five, six years, went from being just a manual laborer in the field to having my own company and subsequently built and sold two or three different uh, oil companies um, to the tune of, you know, over a billion dollars in, in uh, enterprise value. Um, along with that success came uh, also um, a lot of substance use or abuse, I should say. Um, the mentors I had when I was growing up uh, were all, now that I realize and look back, they were all functioning alcoholics. Uh, the, the general uh, theme was work hard, play harder. And, um, you know, I grew up uh, in a very distant family, uh, not really having great social skills or feeling connected. And um, the first time that I had a drink of alcohol, uh, I went from, you know, feeling like uh, the odd man out to the life of the party. And, you know, it was, it was love at first drink or first sight. And with the accelerating success came uh, accelerating um, mainly, you know, a lot of other drugs early on, but mainly alcohol was my drug of choice. And that uh, went on through until my late thirties. Uh, and it uh, climaxed with just, you know, having everything times a thousand that I thought was success, but being just totally miserable. By then also, you know, bad things had started happening, uh, DUIs and uh, relationship issues and just, you know, all kinds of craziness. And, uh, I had an intervention, uh, went to treatment, and uh, I guess I'm one of the minority that treatment worked the first time. Yeah. And uh, I, that was 13 years ago, uh, and not had a drink since then. So, but that really was the first time that 90 day inpatient treatment was the first time that I had not worked in my, you know, life that I remember since I was started as a kid working for my dad. And, um, it was really the first time I stopped and worked on myself. 
And it was, there was a lot of things that I learned during that period. And then after that, I took about a, almost three years, two and a half year sabbatical uh, of just continuing that journey and working on myself and trying to decide, you know, what life would be, you know, after all of that. Um, again, just a lot of lessons learned, a lot of growth, um, did a tremendous amount of reading. It was probably averaging reading three or four books a week. Uh, and just, uh, did a lot of growing up and, and became, you know, a much better person. I think that said, um, I, my life was a lot better, but I still had this social anxiety issue or condition. Uh, and I knew that if I exposed myself too much, uh, that I would go back to drinking or some other substance. And I knew where that would lead. It'd be, you know, the death of me and or somebody else. And so I basically, I, isolated myself. I, I went over and launched a, a fintech company in Southeast Asia. Uh, and I lived there for two and a half, three years. Uh, and I just strictly focused on work. I didn't do anything else all day, worked 14, 15 hours a day and just poured myself into that. But I, you know, realized that that wasn't sustainable either. Um, Again, much better life than what I had before, but not a life that was sustainable long-term. So I started looking for something to replace the alcohol uh, because I knew if I didn't find something that made me you know, feel like that, that I would go back to doing what I was doing before eventually. And uh, I went in the market. I tried all the, the legal stuff that was out there none of that really did anything for me or it didn't do what I wanted. Uh, I tried all the illegal stuff. Uh, almost all of that did too much. Uh, you know, I wanted something that I could function, you know, go work out, go to work, drive a car. I didn't want something that was inebriating. I wanted something that, you know, made me feel comfortable among the skin, but also, you know, allowed me to do what I need to do during the day or what I want to do. And I couldn't find it. Uh, I couldn't find that happy balance. So I'm a research fanatic. I started researching um, social lubricants that different civilizations have used around the world for the last you know several thousand years. And I found a handful of different plants that people use. Uh, I started gathering up different strains and different, you know, uh, uh, formats. Uh, none of those by themselves really did what I was looking for either. And then I finally decided to start trying to mix different things together. Uh, and uh, after about a two-year process, I was able to find the right two plants, the right two strains, the right percentages in the right format that gave me what I was looking for. Uh, and in the process of doing that, 
I was sharing it with friends and family. And none of this was meant to be commercial. This was just strictly for me, you know, doing it on my own. And in the process of sharing it with people, uh, a number of people said, you know, this is amazing and you need to sell this. And that's what really got me into uh, consumer packaged goods. So kind of a a long, strange trip to get to where we're at today. Well, I guess it was destiny then because, uh, boy, did you hit it out of the park. I mean, when you said something that would function as a safe and effective so- social lubricant, I love that term, you know, it's, and I, I've got a confession to make that, and a lot of people are usually surprised to hear this, I'm actually very shy and I can very much relate to your upbringing in a social situation being uncomfortable. And uh, I can say, you know, just between you and me, since no one else is listening, <laughs> that, you know, that I, I'm not the most comfortable person at an event or a party, you know, e- either. You know, it's kind of, you know, small talk, awkward, whatever. I don't know if it's because I, I've also been told I'm kind of an old soul. And I, I mean, I'm trust me, I'm all about being light and having fun. But I don't know. I just... I, I tend to feel a little bit awkward, you know, like, yeah. you know, you don't really know anyone or whatever. And um, so I can very much relate to what you're saying, but I guess I was spared because even though I'm half Irish biologically, I never had a problem with alcohol at all. And uh, <laughs> one of my ex-boyfriends used to say, you need to drink more, <laughs> you know, <laughs> to kind of like lighten up a little. Um, yeah. And you know, so I can relate to all this very much. And if you're comfortable, I would love to just to dig a little deeper because I'm sure we're not the only two people on the planet that have a little bit of awkwardness socially. Um, what have you kind of discovered, Jerry, now that you've kind of not maybe you're not there yet, but along the way of what is that all about that we're like that? And, and how do we maybe overcome that a little bit? You know, what's been interesting in, in this journey is that, you know, uh, I get to talk to thousands of people, you know, that give feedback that, uh, you know, are consumers of, of our products. And what I've found is that there's quite a few people out there that are like us. Um, and in talking to them, um, because I'm always trying to figure out, you know, where, where did this start or how did it start? Yeah. Is, it, is it genetic? You know, what is it? And it seems to be, it can be a lot of different factors that, you know, that, that cause it. But one thing that seems to be fairly common, which was, which was really what mine, I think is, is that I grew up in a, a, a family that was very distant. Mm-hmm. Um, it, we were, we were a family. I mean, it wasn't like, uh, I mean, my mom and dad were married their entire life and, you know, and died together. Um, but I can't remember a single time that my dad said, I love you or, or hug me or anything. Um, I mean, we were just very distant. Uh, Did you have siblings? Had siblings didn't really. And, and looking back now, their parents were that way. Of course, it was, and you know, it, it was a, yeah. it was a, it was a intact family unit. Yeah. 
but nobody, you know, nobody really felt comfortable expressing feelings or love with each other. And everybody just kind of did their own deal. Um, and it was very almost businesslike, you know, it's, um, that, uh, and, you know, I just grew up thinking that's the way that it was. And I actually moved out, uh, I moved out when I was 17 years old and never, never went back. You supported yourself at 17? Yeah. With what? Just like side jobs? Yeah. Side jobs and just, yeah, I've got my own place and Well, you know, they say that the, I I forget who said it, but the task of the children is to overcome the, the, the shadow sides of the parents, you know, and it's like the generations just subconsciously repeat the behaviors, even unbeknownst to them, you know, they wouldn't intentionally do it even just like, I mean, to go to an extreme, like abuse or whatever, like they just unconsciously repeat it, but every soul has the opportunity to say it stops with me, you know? And our evolution, your evolution, my evolution, we can be the generation that's, that makes that choice of, okay, I'm conscious of this and I don't want to be that way. I've actually noticed in my life too that, you know, people can have the same parents, you know, their siblings and just diverge into one of two paths. Yeah. Either they're yeah. purposefully not like the parents, so it's a disincentive, or they're purposely like them. Like it, because their parents were a certain way, they make a choice. I'm because my dad was, let's just say, you know, uh, controlling. I I'm too loose with my kids or whatever. Right. So it's interesting that we can make those choices to be the one that breaks the generational pattern. Yeah, I think you know um, I've read some stuff on some fairly extensive studies that were done in uh, Europe. Uh, probably back in maybe the 30s or so where, you know, because there was a lot of orphans with the wars and all, all that. And they did a very extensive study of, you know, children that grew up without any uh, physical or emotional contact at all. And what it, you know, and it definitely did make a huge difference. And there's lives. actually a term for it. It's called failure to thrive. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's so actually I a think, medical you know, term. Mm-hmm. I think, that probably was the was the foundation of what you know and i'm not you know i'm not complaining about it you know and I, I don't think i don't blame my parents for it because from what i see what i remember now is that's the way that they were raised yeah. so they didn't know yeah. any different and they were they were busy they were trying to you know live the american dream and all that and sure you know it is what it is that you know i think that the older I get, the more I realize that those things you know, or just adversity in life is, is where the real value is. Yeah. It's not the good stuff. The good stuff is, yeah. you know, that's fine. It's the bad things that happen to you that really make you into a more compassionate, you know, stronger, you know, more just well-rounded and have depth than uh if you go through life just kind of skating through without any you know any issues i have a term for it and i i I actually read this in one of the books i can't remember the name of it it's uh cardboard angels 
I've heard and, of that. Yeah. And okay. What that is is that you know when you when you get into a situation, you know where people you know either stick by you or they run. Uh, was that you know the ones that you think would have stayed or helped that left? A lot of those are good. You know they they seem like really nice people. And they seem like they were true friends, but they're, they're people that didn't have anything like that happen in their life. It's not their fault. I mean, in their the corporate angels, it's, it looks good from the front, but you look at the side, there's no depth to it. And, and what happens is, is when something like that happens, they immediately flip to, well, that person's weak or that person's corrupt or something you know is wrong with that person and i don't want to be associated with that well that's true mm -hmm. the common thread of the people that that stick around that i noticed was they all had something traumatic happen in their life they lost a child they had they had a disease you know they had a bankruptcy something horrible happened in their life or something you know bad and they developed compassion real compassion yeah. and instead of you know pointing a finger going oh that person's bad for this or that reason they're like mm -hmm. i'm going to go over and help that person because mm -hmm. you know i know what they're going through and um so that's where i see you know this adversity being you know that's the real value in life and that's a weird thing to say mm -hmm. but that's been my experience. Wow, that's just so powerful. I mean, it, it's a, it definitely, well, that's part of why, you know, s support groups are so effective because people are bonding because, you know, you, you, you really don't know how someone else feels. You can imagine, I mean, you can imagine what it's like for someone who tragically loses a child or, you know, pick your tragedy, right? But you really don't know until you feel it. And there's something to be said for, I like kind of how you said that. I never thought of it that way because otherwise you might end up blaming the person or, or even like it's their karma or they must've done something bad in another lifetime. I mean, I know sometimes I think about that with some of the stuff that I've struggled with. Like, I don't get it. Did I do something bad in a previous life? I've had past life regressions and stuff to find out like, what is going on? Why is this thing in my life so stuck? And, uh, I don't know about you, but I tend to take over responsibility for things, you know, like looking for trying to figure out why is this bad thing continually happening? But, you know, it, it's interesting because I think most of us spend most of our life running around trying to avoid confrontation and adversity. And now I'm becoming, I'm realizing that that really is where you grow. If you don't, if you don't have that, you don't really grow. There may be a few people out there that can get it without that, you know, my hat's off to them. But I think for most of us, we have to be whacked around a little bit to, you know, to really move, move forward. You know, this is a very interesting point, JW, because you, you, a person could not have achieved the level of success in so many regards and, you know, definition of the word success, not just financial, but that you have without being able to deal with adversity. I mean, people kind of don't realize, I, and I can, I can only imagine the mountains you've had to overcome 
uh, and I know you and I have talked offline about some of the things that you're dealing with now, even with your company. There's so much crap that comes. Like, people see all the good stuff, but they don't know all the behind the scenes that you're dealing with. And a lot of people, they can't deal with that adversity. But I'd love for you to share with us because I know you've said the answer to your problem is there waiting for you. If you can't see it, then you need to step out of the box. So in to me, that's talking about adversity. Like Like for my example earlier, things that I'm kind of stuck on. Why can't I move forward? What is going on? Did I do something in a past life? What am I doing wrong? So I need to step out of the box. So that, tell us about, can you, you know, expand on that a little bit, helping us deal with adversity? You know, I, I, I think it's, it really is about just accepting it and, and, and dealing with it. And not trying to, you know, avoid it. I think a lot of um, mm -hmm. a lot of the uh, inebriation uh, or numbing mm -hmm. that's, you know, trying to stall it, avoid it, forget about it, whatever. And it usually what happens is if you don't deal with it, it usually festers and, and amplifies and gets worse and and that's what humans seem to have that that thing of trying to figure out how to avoid it or try to get through it or around it or whatever without with the least amount of you know pain or effort mm -hmm. and i don't think that is ultimately what serves us best uh, and that's, I know that's easier said than done, <laughs> Yes. Uh, but it's, it's, you know, it's really about facing it, you know, and, and if it's a person, you know, having adult conversations, just sitting yeah. down and just really, and what I found is that, you know, when you do that, most people respond very well, uh, as opposed to trying to sugarcoat it or dance around it or, you know, or just ignore it. You know, it, it, most people find that, that actually uh, a better experience if you'll just, you know, I'm not talking about doing it in a mean manner or, you know, or, or being aggressive or anything, but just, you know, working it out or working through it. Sauna Space, your product, has changed my life. I've been looking for a home sauna for years, 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 years. And I was fortunate enough to hear about you and your product because you were highly recommended by Dr. McCullough. Mm -hmm. And I checked it out, and the rest is history. I am a firm believer. Right there is my sauna tent. Right there is one of the photon lights. Downstairs is another one. In the kitchen is another one. But uh, I'm just hook, line, and sinker. It's one of the best things I've ever bought for myself. And the, wow. the yeah, ever. Wow. Yeah, I feel so welcome. That's, this is why I do what I do. It feels good immediately. Yes. And there's a, definitely a, a, a validation. Yes, this is feeling really good. And then you find as you use it and you slowly reprogram and shift the body that you, you start correcting yourself. Go to our website on sauna.space. You can read some of the reviews. There's folks who have had incredible transformative experiences and changes in their life from the incorporation of this light and heat 
therapy into their into their daily lives. I am proud to be a part of what we do here. I do feel like it's one of the most effective things available in wellness. I agree. And that's why it's on my website. I am very picky and I get asked to add things all the time. And nope, only stuff that I use personally and has completely <laughs> changed my life for the better. And I couldn't get sauna space up there fast enough. I hope people try it. I'm thrilled that your company has offered a, a nice coupon for everybody. Fit Amy TV 5. Oh, this is on my website under my recommended products e-store. Now let's get back to the show. You know, this is something that I've started developing myself, JW, in the last few years even. It's just, as I've awakened Aphrodite in me, it's just being more heart-centered. In, and I, I've i noticed, too, there's so many people who just, they don't like confrontation, so they avoid it. And like you said, it ends up being a mountain rather than a molehill and explodes. And what I found in me that I've had to get more skilled at my delivery. So it's coming from the heart. And I'll add to kind of like coming from a place of vulnerability almost, you know, um, like I'm feeling this way and I want to express it to you and being transparent in that regard. But in my experience, you can't go wrong if you're really speaking from your heart because people can feel it. It's, it feels different to the receiver than someone that's, you know, spouting off at the mouth or, you know, speaking from the head, you know, it's, it, it, you can hear it better. Now that's a, that's a very interesting point. You know, one of the things when I took my sabbatical is I, I studied neuroscience and, you know, in, in layman's terms or layman's version. Um, and there was one book that I read that really was another light bulb moment. Um, it's, it's, the book is, is the, uh, the hour between dog and wolf? I don't remember the, uh, the author, but it's it's a it's a it's actually written by a uh, trader, an equities trader, a commodities trader, about the difference between women and men and how they trade. So it's it really doesn't have anything to do. But he he's also um, a doctor, and he goes into the neuroscience behind it. But there's one thing that I had always prided myself in because I was one of the things in this period of time was I was looking at why do I keep making bad decisions? Mm. Why do I keep, you know, having these things that, you know, that I'm not, you know, I'm going through the same thing over and over again. Like groundhog day. You're not yeah. progressing. Yes. Yeah. And I was like, you know, this book and I was thinking about it because I'd always prided myself on making fast decisions. I thought that meant, you know, you're smart, you know, you're, you're, you know, efficient businessman, so forth and so on. And what he brought up in this book is that if you do that, you're only using one of your two brains. So you have the old brain, which is the reptilian brain, which is more chemical driven. It's just fight or flight connected to the stomach with the vagus nerve. And then you have the new brain, uh, which was developed later and it is where really all the history and information is is stored and it's incredible the storage device the so problem the pre, is the prefrontal cortex yeah, the problem is it's a very slow processor so uh 
and I'm reading all this and I'm like, you know, this is, you know, I don't know if I believe this or not, but, but he gave a, a test. He said, the next time that you get an email from someone or a communication, immediately fire a response, but don't send it, put it aside. The next morning, come back and read what the person sent you and read what your response was. And I started doing that and I was shocked. To see if you agree with it still. Yeah. Yeah, because in a lot of cases, the person wasn't attacking me and I thought they were. Mm. And my response was way off base. I mean, it was it was fight. You know, it was like immediately like, you know, I'm going to get you back now because you're you're after me. And so I started doing that with anything of any importance and then redrafting it and sending it. Mm -hmm. And I had it was incredible the difference in, you know, in the responses I would get back versus if I had sent, you know, the, the previous stuff. So that that was actually a big, big thing for me. Um, I mean, now, if it's a decision of any importance at all, I purposely take my time. I mean, I might take a week or two. And what is fascinating to me is is the answer that I come up with evolves over that period of time. And usually by the end, it's a completely different solution than what I had even halfway through. And it just shows me how slow that processing actually is uh, to be able to go back and think about all the different scenarios where this the may have come picture. up or, yep. or you saw somebody else or, you know, or, and, you know, and I think putting more compassion into it and more, you know, what are they really, you know, what, what is, like you said, are they hurting for some other reason or something or what, you know, and trying to factor that in mm -hmm. as opposed to just, you know, I'm going to black, I'm going to win. I'm going to blast them or, you know, or I'm going to take off and, you know, and fight or flight basically. Mm -hmm. And I think that that, I wish that was taught in school yeah. for kids. Because I think that's probably causing a big, big percentage of the problems that we're having in society today. Because hundred percent, people just fire off stuff, and you know what? What I'm hearing you say is you're creating, you're giving yourself some space. You're not just a knee jerk, you know, rapid uh, reply response. You know, you're, 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 you're creating like a container to kind of let it marinate a little bit to make sure you're clear and centered in yeah, how it's, you it's want to difference between being, you know, just an animal and yep. a human. Yeah. You know, and, and you think about it. I mean, the old reptilian brain was formed yep. when really that was very important. I mean, because yep. every day you were faced with situations, you know, you had to be quick in your reply you, or your you response or you die final yeah. bite or something yeah. would get you, you know, you, you didn't have the luxury and, to go to a yeah, higher. And that center. still is important to some degree today, but it's not mm -hmm. near as important as it yeah. was back then. Yeah. And it's more today about, you know, the other part. And unfortunately, I think most people are running around still just using 90% of the time. They're just using the, the old brain. Well, as you said, we know when you're in a stressed state and the world is kind of a low level chronic anxiety right now, unfortunately, you're operating there. 
you're, you're operating. If you're sleep deprived and not eating well, and you don't feel good and you're stressed out and you having trouble with money or finding you're, you're going to be operating in that reptilian brain. That's just a yeah, state. It, I think today the biggest issue that we have in the world is stress and anxiety. And, and I think that uh, people don't realize, you know, how, how bad it's actually gotten. And I think the reason most people don't realize is, is because everybody's self-medicating. Mm. And I know that sounds weird, but you think about it, sugar, sugar really is for self-medicating stress and anxiety. It works actually extremely well. Unfortunately, it has health issues, but it's extremely good at making you feel better. It's not just about the taste. And I would argue that taste is actually secondary. It's more about how it makes you feel. No wonder most people overconsume it. Yeah. Because it, it works so well. It works. So um, and I think what's happened is we become disconnected from nature. Our diets processed. There's so much information. We're not sleeping as much as we should, you know, artificial light. Uh, there's all these things. It's like a perfect storm that's happened and it's happened gradually over time that now we're all running around extremely, you know, stressed out and, yeah. and have a lot of anxiety and we're gobbling up all this stuff. We're gobbling sugar, or, you know, cheese will do the same thing. Uh, you know, prescription drugs, alcohol, everything we can get our hands on to try to tamp that down. And that to me is the biggest problem that society's facing right now. Totally agree. Totally agree. You know, I know you have uh, some really key lifestyle practices that help you mitigate uh, not only the collective stress and anxiety, but I can't even imagine the level that you deal with running your companies. Can you share with us some of the key things that you do to manage all that? So one thing I found for me that, that helps, you know, keeps me from spinning out of control more than anything is exercise. Uh, so I'm religious about doing exercise every day and I do it. I've what learned, I've, I do yoga three times a week. I do CrossFit three times a week. You know, I'm, I'm always, and I've also found, you know, that, if I don't do it first thing in the morning, it doesn't happen because mm. I get busy and get sidetracked. So yeah. I get up in the morning, I do uh, a sauna, I do a cold plunge, and then I'm wide awake and I go exercise. And then when I get done with all that, then I start my day. But I wow. do that. I do that before I do anything. All right. So how long does that take you? Because now we're dealing with people going, but I work and I got kids. Like, is this like, I, I'm sure it's not like a half day event. Like just no, it, it, take, it takes time. I mean, I have to get up, but I wake up anyway. I get up at four o'clock every morning. So I get up at four, I do all that. By the time I get done with that, it's, you know, most people are starting their day. Yeah. Like seven, and, yeah, eight. Mm -hmm. you know, uh, I just kind of slide right in, but you know, it, if that keeps me from being just, you know, spinning out of control. The other thing is, is that, uh, you know, one of the ingredients we use is kava. And I firmly believe that kava is 
the best natural stress and anxiety relief there is on the planet. I also think it's the safest. Uh, it's been used by th for thousands of years by millions of people throughout the Pacific Islands. And it is amazing what it does, especially when it's done on a society basis like that. You go to the Kaaba Forward Islands where they don't really have alcohol or don't hardly have any. There's no violence to speak of. There's, you know, people, you know, quiet conversations. You know, it's just a completely different. And people are very, their hearts are open. They have real meaningful conversations with you. They connect with you very quickly and develop deep bonds. Nice. Um, and you go to a neighboring island that's alcohol forward it's just the opposite it's loud there's aggression there's, yeah there's you know domestic problems there's all you know and it's it's just so apparent and i've even seen it here you know there's now there's about 300 kava bars in the u.s you go into a kava bar and people are there they're they're having great conversations they're smiling they're playing games they're enjoying themselves, it, but it's quiet. Yeah. You go into an alcohol bar and yeah. it gets loud and people are, you know, if there's- I never thought of that, that's There's so gonna true. be people that somebody's gonna get into a fight, you know, and there's gonna be sexual harassment. There's gonna be this and that. Mm -hmm. And the reason, I mean, both of these substances are great social lubricators, but they do it in a completely different way. Yeah. Alcohol amplifies you. You know, that liquid courage that, you know, <clears throat> what it does is it makes you louder. It makes you stronger. It makes you, you know, That's true. you get a whole room yeah. full of people that are like that. And you'll notice in a bar that the, the, the velocity the, the, or the, the, the level of sound goes up over time. Because people, the more they drink, the louder they get and they're trying to talk over each other and they're mm -hmm. trying to prove their point and you know and, they, and they're just like like this in a kava bar it's just the opposite people will walk in and with time they'll they'll quieten down because what it does is is it takes you out of your ego or takes you it quietens you down inside but then that opens you up to really have to really listen to what the people around you are saying and really connect with them because you're not about me, me, me. You're about, I really want to know about you. You know, what's, what's going on in your life and you're not doing it. I mean, we have this thing here in the, in America about it. We ask people, you know, how's your day and that kind of stuff. We don't really want to know. It's God just, forbid they tell you the we're, truth. We're just being social, <laughs> you know, and it's like, Usually before they can even tell you, we go on to tell them something here. I mean, people really, truly, you know, when they're in that, that state with, with Kava, they really want to know. They're really, you know, I remember Paul check the first time that he had it with me, he said, well, this is a heart opener. And I remember kind of cringing because I'm like, that's kind of a hippy dippy term, but I think he nailed it on the head. I mean, it truly is. It opens opens your heart, quietens you down, so that you truly can can connect and love people. And 
there's a quote, I can't remember the full quote, but the, the part I really love in it is it says, it's impossible to hate with Cabo. Wow. And and I I think about that. Wow. And I, I actually think that's true. Wow. So my main objective today is, is to get Kava to where it's a, it's a choice that you can put it in any kind of food. Hmm. Uh, you can put it in a soda, you can put it in potato chips, anywhere that you, that you would have put sugar, because sugar is hiding out in all kinds of stuff. And the reason it's there is because of what I said before is that it, it makes people want more of it. So if it's in a potato chip or if it's in a, you know, whatever it's in, it's people, it's habit forming. And if you're selling something, you're like, Ooh, you know, that's what I want. I want people to buy more. Yeah, of it. Buy more. Um, again, unfortunately, sugar is killing a lot of people. Yeah. It's killing actually millions of people worldwide uh, because, you know, of you know, diabetes and, and all of that. Um, the great thing about Kabi is you don't have that. And it, it's, there's, there's no calories to speak of in it. And it's, if it's, if it's taken in its, you know, natural form, like it's been served for thousands of years and in, in uh, Pacific islands, it really has no negative health problems. Great. Well, I'll just jump in and just say, just to clarify for the audience, uh, JW is referring to what I mentioned in the intro, his amazing company, Botanic Tonics, and their feel-free uh, plant formula, their plant-based tonic. And um, one of the ingredients, like I mentioned in the intro, is kava. So um, what will actually, JW, can you just quickly tell people uh, what, you know, what it is, you put it together, you mentioned the beginning of the show, you were experimenting, you found it, and you had said you never intended to take it commercial, but all your friends are like, this is fantastic, you got to do it. So now you've got this amazing company, and you combine the two things, and the, the kava is a heart opener, so what would the kratom be, the second component? So so the kava is is a heart opener. The kava traditionally is served in the evenings. Okay. Because it's... it it. It actually works too well. I mean, yeah. it's not something you'd want to do, you know, first thing in the morning when you get up because it it really it quietens you down, slows you down, not inebriating at all, but it it you know, it's not something that you would do right before you go to the gym. More like a sedative type relaxing. It's not really it's not really sedative. It's just it's just uh calming. It, it's it's the opposite of like a caffeine. I mean, it's not gonna you know wind you up. Okay. So what I was looking for again was something I could use on a regular basis throughout the day. Mm -hmm. So that's where the kratom comes in. The kratom is uh, it's a tree in Southeast Asia, again been used for thousands of years, and it's in the coffee family. It doesn't have caffeine. It has alkaloids. And it was used by mainly by workers in the fields for productivity enhancement and endurance. Yeah. So if you go out in rural Asia, you'll see these little roadside stands and they have these little bags 
that have straw in them. It's kind of like their version of Starbucks and they'll drink these things. Throughout. <laughs> it's Kratom tea, basically. Wow. Okay. So when you mix the two together, you get the properties of both. You get this quietening, heart opening, but you get energized at the same time. Uh, and that's the holy grail. There you go. So it, instead of having the caffeine, you know, kind of edgy, jittery feeling, you have plenty of energy, focus, productivity enhancement, but you're, you're chilled at the same time. Brilliant. It's, that's why it's like you just hit it out of the park. You know, it kind of, what's popping into my head is, uh, you know, again, I'm not a drinker, but um, when people have like an after dinner drink where they have espresso with Bailey's shot in it or yeah, something, yeah, that's you got exactly, the two, exactly yeah, you got the two doing. things like, wait a minute, alcohol and caffeine, what's happening there? I don't know. I guess it just gives them a nice mellow. It's no, no different than, you know, Red Bull and a, and a vodka or something. I mean, that's okay. exactly what people do when they're, when they're mixing the two of those together. All right. You've got to just tell us about sourcing. You mentioned briefly, um, like just for the audience, like, cause now, you know, it's out there. Kava's out there. And so is Kratom, of course, mm -hmm. you know, and then I'd love for you to speak quickly about the safety of Kratom because that's been controversial yeah. too. clear all that up for us about why for the audience source is key and whole, whole plants and all that stuff. Source is key. And also how it's, how it's uh, processed. Okay. Um, so, uh, our kava comes mainly from Vanuatu, some from Fiji, um, and it comes from, you know, islands that are certified organic. Uh, we're very, you know, we're involved in the farming aspect of it all the way through the processing to, you know, when it gets here and we bottle it here in the U.S. Never really been any issues. There's been a couple things like one in Europe. Uh, years ago where there was a contamination, kind of like the lettuce thing here with salmonella, uh, that there were some issues, but noble kava uh, has never had any safety issues. Non-noble kava, which is another type, is can be toxic. Uh, so you have to be very sure of the type of kava that you're getting. Uh, fortunately, the non-noble kava is not exported anymore. Um, there's natives where it's grown that consume it. And I think, you know, over the years, their genetics have allowed them to be able to consume it uh, and not have the issues. But for someone here, I would definitely not recommend consuming non-noble kava. Good news is I don't think you can even get it here anymore. So... Um, that's a very important point. Now, the Kratom, the Kratom has, uh, if you Google Kratom, it'll scare you to death. Yep. Um, unfortunately, what's happened with Kratom, I mean, the same thing, if you look in Southeast Asia, where people just consume Kratom tea, there's never really been any issues. Unfortunately, what's happened here in the U.S. is they've created kratom extracts okay. so they use the same process that you use to make to turn coca leaves into cocaine it's it's actually it's, it's very similar because it's the coca plant coca leaves have 50 some alkaloids and they extract two or three to make cocaine using the solvents 
they do the same thing with the kratom leaves and what then happens is is that you're not getting all those other alkaloids and you're also not getting all the plant fiber and you're able to ingest you know a thousand times more than what you would be able to if it was in its full form so the key to i think is is to not mess with mother nature so we do not uh we just use ground kratom leaf we don't do any extracts so the whole plant the whole food the, the whole plant and i can't think of anybody that's used fully kratom uh that's really had you know that many issues now it's like anything else it makes you feel good and it it anything that makes you feel good can be habit forming mm -hmm. especially if you use too much of it um and anything that you use too much of can have ne negative physical and social consequences um unfortunately there is no free lunch i mean any anything i don't care i mean extreme example of that is you can die from water you can od on water you can drink too much of it hyponatremia so it's about you know, having responsibility to consume it the way that it's recommended to be consumed. Uh, you know, what I can say for myself personally, I can't control alcohol. When I start drinking alcohol, I can't stop. I just, you know, and, but when I consume Kratom, I can control it. Now, I'm not saying that I'm everybody, but I know personally that's been my experience and I'm not crashing cars. I'm not, you know, saying things I shouldn't say to people. I'm not, you know, you know, doing all kinds of things that I shouldn't be doing. Um, that to me, and I'm still feeling as good as I did when I was doing alcohol. So that is a wonderful thing. Um, is this for everybody? Probably not, but we have a lot of people that say that it is. Right. Well, I'll just add that I know with uh, my experience with addictions, it's, it's about two words come to mind. It's a compulsion and there's despite negative consequences. And I think you hit the nail on the head. You just say, you know, you're not crashing cars. You know, you're able to, you know, there aren't really negative consequences. You're, you're able to control it. Which so you're not compelled to just more and more and more, and that's what happens with you know uh, like drug overdoses and stuff. Is people are just trying to always what's it's there's a term for it where they're chasing that original high, so they're just consuming more and more of the product, trying to get back to that original feeling that you can never really duplicate. Yeah, yeah. There's one of the things you'll read is you know that, that kratom is a, is an opioid, and kratom is kratom is not an opioid. Oh. And then they'll say, well, Kratom strikes the same receptors, you know, as opioids do. It does, but also sugar does, uh. cheese does. There's a lot of things that do. It's the difference is, is the way that it that it interacts with the receptors. Does it and does is it involved in the dopamine pathway? It it is, yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The other aspect of it is 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 that it doesn't have a respiratory suppressant. The thing that people don't, I think a lot of people understand is that for people that, you know, use too much of the opioids, 
usually what causes the, the overdose is they stop breathing. And they stop breathing because it has a respiratory suppressant. And if mm. you get too much of that respiratory suppressant in your body, you stop breathing. It's that simple. And Kratom does not have any respiratory suppressant. So if you consume too much of it, you'll get sick. I mean, you'll throw up, you'll get nausea, all of that, but you're not going to OD on it. Yeah, you're not going to basically suffocate. So in that regard, JW, have you done any kind of extensive research or studies for safety protocols? And now your company's been, what, a couple of years old? The yeah, we, we keep records of, you know, uh, we we are required to, and we would anyway, required to by the FDA to, you know, track any instance that we have and all that. And, you know, we're serving now close to 2 million servings a month. Wow. Uh, and we've not wow. had a single, what they would call verified serious instance. Wow. You know, we've had people that nausea, you know, eyes watering, that type of stuff. Stomach upset. A stomach upset. And, you know, you also get, just like any substance, you get some people that are allergic. And more sensitive than others, so, empty know, stomach or not, no, all these No different than somebody that's lactose intolerant or gluten intolerant or peanuts or whatever. There's going to be some people that just, for whatever reason, their body chemistry just doesn't match with, you know, something. Uh, so, but that's a very tiny percentage from what we're seeing. Uh, for most people, it's, you know, it's a very pleasant, you know, valuable experience. Well, I'll it's just... Really, it's all about dosage. You, you really need to stick. And we recommend uh, no more than one half bottle at a time mm -hmm. and no more than one bottle per day. Yes. And that's right on the bottle, right on the website. It's everywhere. Yeah. yeah. You know, about being responsible um, and, and what you recommend. Uh, well, I'll just add for me... Um, it de definitely a heart connector for me and really helped me with my goal in the last few years to really just be more in my body, more attached to my body. And like I mentioned earlier today about speaking more from my heart and less from my head, less trying to say the right thing and not offend people and, you know, just really operating in my brain, like that this brain as opposed to the heart brain. And I find that Feel Free was a was a beautiful facilitator of that for me, um, and uh, really just a little helpful a little helpful friend, <laughs> a helpful friend. Can you can you tell us, Jerry uh, JW, as we get toward the end here? Um, you just need to share with the audience what's going on with the FDA because uh, you know a big part of my show was about helping people uh, be more informed, be more aware, so they can make informed choices for that's best for them. Whatever it may be, you can't make a, an intelligent, wise choice if you don't have all the facts. So, in your your experience, please tell us what's going on with the FDA. You know, when when I got into this, I started hearing some comments by the FDA about you know that. They don't really think that we, should, you know, that natural supplements should be unregulated uh, to the point of, you know, they should be synthesized, they should be prescribed through doctors. In other words, where that where that was going is, you shouldn't have a self care choice. You should have one choice, and that's to your doctor, and the doctor tells you what what to do. 
I don't believe in that. I, I, I don't believe that, that Eastern medicine is the answer. I also don't believe that Western medicine is the answer. I think the, the answers is in between and uh, sometimes natural things work better. Sometimes synthetic things work better. I don't like the idea of being mandated that, you know, I have to do this and I can't, I can't do this. Unfortunately, um, I always wondered why, you know, we got off on the synthetic track here, because that's really an outlier. If you look around the rest of the world, medicine was really about natural things. Um, and I think the cause of it is, is you can't patent plants. Yep. So here, you know, they synthesize things. They actually would take a lot of, you know, things that plants did or components of plants and then just synthesize them. Well, that's but aspirin, then, right? But then, but then they could get a patent on it, and then they could have a moat built around them, you know, for so long to make so much money, and you know, and keep somebody from from stepping in on them. I don't think it. It didn't have anything to do with health. I don't think it was about money. Um, this has continued on. Uh, what's disturbing is is that here recently, because as we've grown, we're getting more and more attention from the FDA. Uh, the FDA does not like Kratom because Kratom, you know, is cuts into market share of, of other drug of drugs. Uh, and what I discovered when I really started looking at this is, is that up until 1992, the FDA was completely funded by the public. In 1992, the User Prescription Act was passed, and that was passed because of AIDS. You know, the AIDS crisis was, was you know, in full bore. People were demanding a cure or, you know, treatments, and Congress decided, you know, we don't have enough money to quickly do that. Let's, let's get some money from the big drug companies. And they let the genie out of the bottle. Unfortunately, <laughs> What's happened is, is that's continued on. Fast forward to today, 64% of the budget of the FDA is, is funded by Big Pharma. And what's wrong with that is, that's wrong in its face value, but what's even worse is that those are performance-based contracts. So the faster the FDA approves drugs, wow. the more money they get. And what, if you look at it, what used to take four years to get drug approval, now it's down to a year. They're having more and more issues with these drugs after they've been approved. More and more people are dying. In fact, it's the, those drugs are the fourth leading killer of Americans. And those are the ones that were even taken properly. Those aren't all the ones that were, you know. That's what uh, I'm saying. These, yeah. This is, I'm talking about prescribed mm -hmm. drugs. Yep, yep. The ones that follow the protocol. Yep. Those are still, and, yep. you know, the other, the other symptom of this or other sign of it is nine out of the last top 10 administrators of the FDA within a short period of time were working for Big Pharma under huge consulting contracts. Yeah. So what's happened is and the other part of it is is the f of the of the fda is now the redheaded stepchild it's not hardly getting any money or any attention 
That's why you're having these baby food issues and you're having the lettuce issue and you're having, because it's, they're not, they're not worried about, or they're not focusing on that because they're focused on drugs because drugs is where they make money. The more wow. drugs they can approve, the faster they can prove them, the more money they get, the bigger budget, you know. You know, I never thought of it like that. And it, yep. it, uh, it's getting worse and worse. And, and it's it's to the point that, you know, something has to be done because it's killing people. Well, like you said, the bottom line is it's competition of of all the drug so industry, you know. You take you take natural supplements, and unfortunately, natural supplements go against synthetic drugs they're they compete against them so naturally they don't want them they don't want them and they don't want that choice they want to be able to tell you what you're going to take and they want to be able to you know have control of it so what do you think our recourse is jw so what do we do we actually uh are starting a movement uh it's get the f out of the fda is to move food out of the fda and and put it into a new entity it may be part of the usda uh it may not but you know have that as a self-care choice mm -hmm. Uh, that has food and supplements, everything natural inside of that, and it's regulated separately. It, it, you think about it, why is food in with drugs? Well, food is a drug. <laughs> it has drug effects. It shouldn't be. It should be, you know, it shouldn't be in with synthetic drugs. Natural things should be over here. Yep. Drugs, should, synthetic drugs should be over here. It should be two separate mm -hmm. entities that are, reg that are regulating them so true that way there's no conflict yeah uh, totally so mm -hmm. uh we're forming a coalition of you know citizens uh concerned citizens you know different types of organizations here in the u.s uh for big food companies that you know are all see the same thing and want to see the you know the f taken out of the fda mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. well how can people get involved in that? Is there a website, a place they can go? Or we are just starting that. Um, the website will go live probably within two to three weeks. Uh, we're forming, you know, we're yeah, talking to, you know, much, much larger entities than we are that are interested in joining that. Um, there's been some people already that have been talking about this, but I want to try to organize it, you know, get more people involved. And then Really what it's going to take is there's so much money involved. It's going to take a grassroots uprising. So we're going to create uh, a link where people can immediately, you know, call their congressman. Uh, that to me is the only way there's really going to be change is if thousands of people start calling their congressman and saying, you know, I want you to fix this. And that's the only thing that'll drown out big money is is tens or hundreds of thousands of people bugging their congressman. So once again, just like everything else in the world today, you just got to speak up. You have yeah. to use your voice because silence is compliance. Yeah, if we don't do anything, it's just going to get worse and worse.
Oh, without a doubt. I mean, the homeopathic industry is completely under attack. I know a really prominent homeopath that they're not even able to sub or prescribe remedies anymore for people. They have to call it something else. Like, uh, yeah, I, you know, I'm not. I'm not saying that this stuff should be unregulated. I think it should be regulated. We spent a lot of time working on getting regulation passed yeah. for for kratom because. Without regulation, it's the Wild West, and, right. and we'll put stuff out there that is going to hurt people. Mm -hmm. uh, but it shouldn't be big pharma regulating, you know, supplements. That that just doesn't. That's not yeah. the way that it should be. You're, you're not right. going to get a fair shake. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's basically the governing body that is actually one of the competitors, therefore eliminating any other competition. You can't really blame them. I mean, <laughs> that's, that's what we talked about before. It's, these are big corporations. They don't have a soul. Yeah. They're strictly, you know, they're, they're, they're charged with creating value for their shareholders and the people working there. And they're just, you know, they're making money and they're doing what it takes. So I don't really, I don't see it as a conspiracy or anything like that. It's it's just, you know, it's just the way things are. And, and unfortunately, you know, without people speaking up, it just continues to morph into something. I don't think when Congress did that in, in 92, they had no idea where this would be now. And they didn't yeah. do it with, they didn't do it with evil intention or anything. They were trying to solve a problem, which the, you know, it did help. Mm -hmm. uh, they were able to, to create, you know, uh, treatments for, for, uh, for AIDS quicker. Uh, but it should have been timed and reversed and not just let to continue to run like it has. Wow. Well, thank you for making us aware that this is even going on. I mean, it's just so much of the, it's just amazing to me. So much of the stuff is happening. The people just in our, you know, we're all busy our everyday lives. We're just not aware of all the stuff going on behind the scenes that not only is affecting us immediately, but has huge ramifications down the line. You know, I mean, the whole constitution is being completely dismantled, like behind closed doors, and then it'll be too late, you know, cause like, you know, they make laws and then they enforce them and, so it's a slippery slope. It uh, is. But awareness is the beginning. Fortunately, you know, if, if, if enough people speak up, it yeah. will change. Yeah. I really hope you're enjoying the show, everybody. We're just breaking in here because I'm here with my friend, Wade Lightheart, from my favorite supplement company, Bioptimizers. And, you know, everyone's talking nowadays about the importance of your gut and gut health and the microbiome and good bacteria and bad bacteria. Wade, what makes this amazing product, Biome Breakthrough, so unique and essential for us to establish a good microbiome? Well, it has a couple of important factors. Number one, it contains IgY Max, which is a patented product that has been proven to fix leaky gut. That's stacked with three distinct bacteria cultures, which aid in the repair of your intestinal lining to help create that proper mucoid plaque that's very effective. According to Harvard, 95 to 100% of the population is suffering from some form of leaky gut, and that is un uh, contaminated particles are leaking into your system and causing an inflammatory response in the body. So if you're bloated, if you're finding you get the crusty eyes in the morning, 
you're having trouble with constipation or certain foods really disrupt your uh, intestinal lining, guess what? Biome Breakthrough will correct that. And here's the best part. It tastes amazing. Yes, uh, it does. I, the, the vanilla flavored is like, so good. Is yep. like vanilla icing. I just eat the stuff out of the can. Oh my God. I thought I was the only one. No, no. I put, just put it in my mouth and it tastes amazing. It, it feels does. Good. It's and, like candy. It not just tastes good. It feels good. And it's uh, something that has just made such a difference in so many people's lives. And I'm very excited to offer it to people. It's one of my favorite products from Bioptimizers. And I love your entire company so much. So I put it in my e-store, my recommended products. I use it every day. I use your products every day. I just love them because they work. I love everything about the mission of your company with heart, with soul, with purpose. You get results. You have a 100% money back guarantee if anyone didn't like the product. And they can save money by entering my special coupon code, Amy F. 10 at checkout, A-M-Y-F as in Fournier, 10 at checkout. So try your Biome Breakthrough today or any of the other Bioptimizers products. JW, final question for you. I know you probably have a million things to do. We have to let you go. But you mentioned about the soul and business. And I'd love for you to share with us where you're at in today with a, a man who was born with a very interesting life and was was blessed to have the financial success you've had what would you say are your life lessons with someone who's had a lot of money and because i'll just add that you know we hear a lot the people that have have a lot of money say money isn't the answer i was miserable and then it's always the person who doesn't have the money saying <laughs> you know tell me that after I have the money, like, you know, it's, it's, it's hard for people to relate to that when they don't have the money and they're struggling. But what is the, the essence of really what you learned of what you mean, what, not you, but you collectively, what people mean by that, like how it really wasn't the answer. Yeah. I think that, um, one of the books that I read was, uh, uh, about Rockefeller, uh, the old, the, the, John D. Rockefeller. And, you know, they were, the government was after him. And he wasn't, he, I'm not saying he was a great guy because he was pretty ruthless. Mm -hmm. um, but the government was, you know, breaking his companies up, antitrust. And they had him on the stand and they were drilling him. And the, the prosecutor said, you know, that money is the root of all evil. And he was very religious, uh, for whatever that means. And, he come back and he quoted the exact scripture, but he said, no, it says that love of money is the root That's of right. all evil. That's right. Not money. That's right. <laughs> love of money. And I think that's where I take that is, and this was another huge lesson for me, was understanding that there's a difference between admiring and desiring. Mm. I didn't know that there was a difference. But there's a huge difference. And what I found was when I had all that stuff, way more than I do now, that I didn't really appreciate that much. You know, I'd have a, you know, Casso hanging on the wall and walk by it, and not even look at it for months. And, but go into a museum and actually really enjoy it. It's not about owning it. 
it's not about, you know, controlling it. It's about, you know, admiring it. It doesn't have to be yours. And I think, you know, some people will say, well, that's easy for someone to say that does have money. But I think that that's what I learned in having all that stuff and not being happy was I was not happy because I was trying to control and I desired all of it. And, I, you know, and desire is a, a slippery slope because you just want more, 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 more. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, that was a big lesson for me. Mm-hmm. And I, I find myself, I still struggle with that every day. And, but now at least I'm cognizant of it so that if I start experiencing that, I'll immediately play it out and go, you know, why do you have to have that? <laughs> what, yeah. why do you really want that? You know, is it to impress somebody or, or what is it you're, tr- you're really trying to do? And oh, by the way, when you get that, it's probably not going to make you happy. In fact, it may do the opposite. Now you got something else to take care of. Do you really want to, do you want to be burdened by that? Because it's just, you know, the thing that we have, I think that's the most valuable, most precious resource we have is our time. And our health. And, And if you don't, if you're not really careful, it's gone. It's all taken up. And I think that's been a huge, you know, lesson for me. And again, I'm, I struggle with that every day, uh, trying, you know, overcommitting too many things, all of that. And it winds up just destroying, you know, any peace that you have, because you're just like a little, you're like a hamster in a wheel. You just, you know, get up every day and get in that wheel and you really, you're, doing a lot but you, at the end of the day you get off the wheel and you're in the same spot you didn't go yep. anywhere yep i you're speaking my language I, i'm dealing with the same thing right now this is exactly yeah. exactly true because you know those boundaries because there's always then the next thing you know it's like when does the to-do list get less never you know so jw then what what's driving you now what what's you've accomplished so much we your company, it just came out with a new iteration of the wonderful uh, Feel Free. Um, wh- what is it all about for you then? It's now it mainly is what I talked about with Kava. I, I truly think that if I can help get Kava out there lar- on a larger scale, mm-hmm. I think that it will it will help society in many different ways. Uh, so that's my main focus going forward is not just with botanic tonics, but we're developing additional farms, additional processing centers, all of that to sell kava into other food companies. Right. And my, you know, my goal would be to get it, you know, to displace sugar in a lot of things. And I think, I think it, you know, it's, it's as effective, if not more in trading stress and anxiety, and it doesn't have the health issues. No. Yeah. It doesn't have the calories <laughs> that's exactly. for sure. and, and it doesn't deplete nutrition where exactly. that's what sugar does. It draws nutrients out of you to process it. Yeah. Uh, wow. Okay. So Kava, that's, that's is- what, that's what gets me up in the morning now. 
<laughs> I love that. Well, that's so noble, and I'm thrilled to be a part of it. Um, like I said in the intro, and if people have seen my social media, Fit Amy TV, um, I'm a big proponent of Botanic Tonics. If you're watching on YouTube, here's a bottle. This is actually the new iteration. It's uh, yeah. the new one. That it's a little different, right? Does it have caffeine in it? Is the new it one has caffeine, and, and it does not. It, so it has uh, uh, nut instead of uh, kratom. Oh, it has, okay. It has some uh, lion's mane in it and rhodiola. So are you going to come out with an iteration that's like the kava without the cap? Because I know the caffeine. Uh, the next uh, version we have coming out is just a kava drink. Okay. All right. So there's a lot more to come. And a pet product coming too? And a pet product coming out too. Oh, can't say, too much, can't say too much about it, but it's oh, coming. Sorry, I don't know if I spoke. <laughs> well, I'm just excited because, you know, I have two little fur babies. So yeah. uh, they'll be excited to jump on the Botanic Tonics bandwagon. Any last words, JW, that you feel you want to share with everyone today? No, I'm just, I'm, I'm really uh, appreciative of you having me on. I enjoyed it. Me too. We finally did it. All right, everybody, you're going to check out uh, my website has a link at you just go to the recommended products on my e-store and just go, you'll see Botanic Tonics and feel free there. Use my link. You can actually save. Thank you, JW. You're going to let the audience try it 40% off. Yep. If you use my link and my code. And uh, one is one of the codes is for the tonic Fit Amy TV forty, and then you've got capsules which are super convenient, and that code is Fit Amy TV. Don't worry, all of that stuff I just said is in the show notes, and it's on my website e store if you forget. And uh, we want to hear what you think about it. Get on the bandwagon with us about empowering yourself, doing things the natural, healthy way, informed way, and. Uh, JW, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you. Would you like to support my mission to help empower people all over the world to be all of who they truly are? If so, please subscribe to the show, leave a review on iTunes, and share it with a friend. And if you're looking to take immediate action to align your energy and optimize your health, visit amyfournier.com. Thanks for listening to Awakening Aphrodite. Let's awaken her together in you. I'm your hostess, Amy Fournier, and I already can't wait to be with you again and for you to hear what I have planned for the next show. Thanks for listening to Awakening Aphrodite with Amy Fournier. To learn more about Amy, check out her website, amyfournier.com. That's A-M-Y-F-O-U-R-N-I-E-R.com. You can also check out Amy's live and on-demand virtual fitness and yoga classes and sign up for her newsletter to receive a free mini ebook of three of her top tips for making holistic health a lifestyle. Again, that's amyfournier.com and get your ebook sent to your email immediately. Connect with Amy on the daily on Instagram at fitamytv, F-I-T-A-M-Y-T-V, and watch many of the podcast episodes and subtopic clips on her YouTube channel, which is also fitamytv. Enjoy and we'll see you next time on Awakening Aphrodite.